0: Hello, and welcome to another episode of In the Details, a celebration of nuance where each and every couple of months I queen out on all of the acting choices, micro-moments, and magic of the minutia that make a scene great. My name is Colin Drucker. Your name is uh, inevitably still Barbara Bel Geddes, and hello, hello, hello. Uh, I have to tell you that... This was my second or third attempt to record that intro because I forgot that intro because it's been a few months. And I apologize for that. I know that inconsistency is the podcaster's greatest sin, but uh, to be fair, I have been putting out five to six episodes a week with All Right Mary and Best Supporting Podcasts. So, and chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you also listen to those podcasts. So this is just merely more of my voice in your ears every week. Anyway, hi. I did take a few months off of this podcast, a little summer vacation. And in the meantime, because I think the last episode came out in March. And in the meantime, if you have not been caught up for me talking about it on All Right Mary or Best Supporting Podcast. I quit my day job at the end of May, which made a huge difference uh, in my life uh, in every possible way. And so then I took a summer vacation, which other than the the podcasting, you know, in five to six episodes a week, I really didn't do much else. I laid on the couch. I watched a lot of movies. And then like halfway through the summer, I was like, I should write down what I've been watching because... I would, I would get to the end of a week. I would also forget what the end of a week was. I'd be like, this could be a Tuesday or a Saturday. As I'm recording this, I'm not positive it's a Friday. But I'd get to whatever, what I, I thought was the end of a week, and I'd be like, I know that I I know that I didn't do anything. I know that I didn't really leave the house that much, but I know I watched a lot of stuff. I, I just just wish I had something to show for it, you know? And so I started, I started writing down a watch list and I feel like, um, if I was really committed to the cause, I would get like a, a letterboxed account and I would do reviews. But most of the stuff I've been watching has been like obscure film noir movies from like the forties and fifties. And, and boy, did that not just sound like the most pretentious 16 year old in the world who just discovered like YouTube. Yeah. I've been watching a lot of like film noir uh, it kills me to have to even use that expression, but that's what they are. and i uh, and I bring that up as a bit of an act one gun for hopefully uh, another season of in the details for the rest of this year, because that is going to inform a lot of what I'll be talking about, particularly when we get into the spooky nuances of October. I mean,'m not I wasn't going to just like leave this podcast on the shelf, you know, and not get to spooky nuances this is my favorite time of year. It is the excuse that I give myself to talk about horror movies on this podcast. Nobody is stopping me from doing that any time of year. And now that now that time has no meaning, now that I don't know what a Tuesday is, I can talk about horror movies whenever I want. So, um, well, isn't she somebody? Uh, speaking of which, so uh, let's get into. I, I made kind of just a little. Sometimes I like to just give you a little, you know, a, a, a charcuterie of things I've, I'm, I'm enjoying lately for you to snack on until I come back with a full episode. So that's a, that's what this is this week, but. I just made a little sampler of things I have been queening out on during my summer vacation. Good thing I made the list, because uh, otherwise there'd be a lot of ums and us right now, me trying to remember what uh, um, uh, I watched this summer. So we're not going to talk about everything. I'm looking at the list right now, and I'm like, oh, God, no, we can't. We will talk about a lot of these. Okay, I know that I'm, I'm vague booking. Let me give you some, Let me give you some samplers of things that I watched this summer that may come up in the future. I I watched a lot of home invasion movies, a lot of older home invasion movies. If you've ever seen The Desperate Hours, either the 50s version or like the really sweaty, slimy 1990 version with Mickey Rourke, uh, that's kind of like the... The, the sort of figurehead of the genre, um, but in the fifties and in the late forties, there were a there were a bunch. There was a it was sort of this model. So there was like the Desperate Hours, the Night Holds Terror, the Dark Past, Cry Terror Suddenly. So I'll probably talk about those more as I said again in the future. Uh, I also finally watched the movie What's the Matter with Helen? Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but it's uh, if you're a fan of hag horror as they call it. I know that's probably an offensive term, but I think used lovingly, you know? Um, But, you know, whatever happened to Baby Jane, Who's Luannie Rue, Hush, Hush, Sweet Charlotte, Lady in a Cage, you may be familiar with. I did do an episode on that 8,000 years ago. Well, what's the matter with Helen is uh, Debbie Reynolds and Shelley Winters' take on the genre. And I I, I don't know what to say. Uh, Debbie Reynolds and... Shelley Winters are immensely watchable, and the rest of it is is irrelevant. Uh, there's a movie, I think it's from 1981, called The Pit that is weird. Like, I actually think, as we get into spooky season, a great double feature would be The Pit and The Baby. The baby. Ugh, The Pit and The Baby. I should do an episode on The Pit and The Baby. There's just... You know those movies where it's just like I don't know how they captured this like fucked up tone. Like another example, which is probably a more obscure example, but there's this movie called Don't Go in the Woods Alone and there's just something about the whole thing where it's like why does this feel like a why does this feel like I just took theraflu and I'm having a fever dream, you know? Like what is with the tone of this movie? And the pit is like that. There's just something off about it, and um, and the baby is the same way, and and uh, and the great thing about the baby is the big twist at the end. So, one day we'll talk about the baby. How many times am I going to say the baby? I also we did an episode the the BSAs of Airport seventy seven on Best Supporting Podcasts, so which is a movie I grew up with, and you know I kind of have in my bones, but I needed to really be a completist and watch Concord Airport seventy nine which is the—it's uh, not even the Jan Brady to Airport 77's Marsha. It's Mrs. Beasley on Family Affair. Like, it's, it's so far from being a good movie. You know, I'll say this. If you're a big George Kennedy fan, if you love his character in the airport movies, the most meat on the bones for Joe is in Airport 79, Uh, He seems to be having a great time, whereas in Airport 77, he's in that for like 90 seconds. So this is really a PSA for the George Kennedy fans out there. Um, You're welcome. So as we get into the spooky season, I feel like the movie on everybody's lips is Malignant, which I think is out in theaters, but it's also on HBO Max. And the word that is being used to describe Malignant is bonkers, which I love that word. I love the description. I... I'm, it's kind of like, if someone describes a movie as bonkers, that to me is equivalent to like, oh, there's a great supporting performance by Mary Kay Place. You know what I mean? It's like, oh my God, (laughs) get my keys, you know? So I won't spoil anything, but I will say that I've now seen it twice, and I do not think it's scary, and so if you are afraid, if you do not like scary movies, you have nothing to worry about. This movie is so overproduced that, um, oh my God, it's, it's ridiculous, but the music is over the top, the acting is over the top, everything about it is over the top, and I think there's a real accomplishment there, and there's this one moment, okay, there's this one moment that I love, and I, there's a spoiler within it, so I'm going to tiptoe around it, but I'm going to play the audio of it and the visuals even better. I'm going to play the audio of it because it's such a wall of sound. It's so a movie at a 27, but this thing happens and it's this big revelation. It's not the biggest revelation in the movie, but it's an earlier revelation. And then the key, the score kicks in and the and the camera zooms in on the main actress and she just starts screaming. And it's... <laughs> so stupid though it's so stupid and i clapped As you may or may not know, I am a huge fan of soundtracks that just cannot get their shit together, that are just over the top, that are basically characters in the movie, um, and which reminds me of something I I discovered or finally rediscovered at some point this summer, and should have been a part of my an episode I did again at some point in the last million years about soundtracks that just go wild and I think that's called the song can't get its shit together if you want to go listen to that but one I would like to add to the list is Bernard Herman's score for Sisters which is a Brian De Palma movie from I believe 1972 I don't love Sisters I love the Margot Kidder of it all but to be honest I prefer my Margot Kidder a little more Barb and Black Christmas but I got to I got to give it to the man. He can he can put a ditty together and I love how this is the very beginning of it. And so while I love that, you know, horror movie scores, I love the idea that what's happening in Malignant is where things are going, if that's the case. Like, I think all of that kind of, I guess they call it like dark wave or synth wave, like having that sort of style and, of course, that sort of retro throwback to the 80s. I'm all here for it. I'm all here for it. I, I do not want a subtle score. I do not want a generic score. I I really feel like when's the last time, and maybe this is a question I'm posing to you, what is the most recent example of a horror movie where like, oh, I'm gonna remember that score. only thing i can think of is and it's i guess appropriate as the sequel is will be out in mere weeks after this episode is posted but the the next halloween sequel you know and i did an episode i guess a couple years ago now just another friendly reminder that my sense of time is, is mashed potatoes at this point but that was one of the things i did like about the recent halloween remake with jamie lee curtis and judy greer and uh, the guy with the cheese on his penis. Oh, God, I hated that movie. And I've seen a trailer for the sequel, Halloween Kills, I think it's called. And it it looks stupid. It looks like there's a crowd that's that's formed. It looks like there's a protest that's happening. And that, I mean, I, does anyone see that moment and go, oh, wow, this is going to be great? So, uh and I just get the feeling, I don't know, I get the feeling that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to do a whole lot of nothing. It's going to be like Halloween 2, except she never gets out of the hospital bed, you know? So, anyway, that's the only other movie I can think of recently where the score really jumped out at me. And I guess I'm just looking for other examples. Who's doing sisters these days, you know? Who is our modern-day Bernard Herrmann? Who's, who's given us Goblin? And it's one of the things I appreciate about Malignant is that there are definitely lots of references and lots of, you know, Italian jello references and Argento and whatnot. And, uh, and I love that the music was part of that, that homage. So anyway, shifting focus, because that's, you know, the, the, the darkest part of this list, but trust and believe, as they say, I will be back to spooky nuances and micro moments and music and things that I love very soon. but, I just want to give a little bit of love to two TV shows that I am collectively queening out on right now. And that are, I don't know. I think you may, I don't know if you know this, I'm gay. So, (laughs) so yeah. Right. Um, remember that time I did a whole podcast about, you know, women acting. Yeah. So that's probably when you knew. So these two shows, I feel like are such a great, this is great gay content on TV right now. And so, on Showtime it's Work in Progress and then on HBO it's The Other Two. And The Other Two if you love Difficult People, which was, you know, Julie Klausner's three-season opus, you will love The Other Two. It is it's the same kind of mix of surreal and genuine. It's so funny. It's about the two older siblings of a a sort of Justin Bieber type who goes viral. And you know, one is a twenty-eight-year-old struggling actor slash waiter in New York, and the other is his uh, slightly older sister, who's just kind of an early thirties train wreck in New York. And their mother is played by Molly Shannon. It's fabulous, and I think the what to keep watching for from an acting choice is micro moments, magic in the minutiae, in the details, kind of point of view is in episode nine of season one, Molly Shannon has a meltdown that I promise I will go into the details of soon because that is, uh, I've got some ideas. I've got some things I'm working on related to meltdowns. So this is definitely going to go on the list of meltdowns to discuss. It's so good. It's, um, the other thing to you know about the other two is particularly if you have listened to best supporting podcast is we did an episode on other people and that movie is written and directed by Chris Kelly, who is also one of the creators of the other two, and uh, Molly Shannon is also in Other People, and so there's definitely a part of me that looks at, like, you know, a talented gay man in his 30s like Chris Kelly and thinks, like, "Ugh, oh, God, I wish I was doing that. I wish I wrote and directed Other People. I wish I had Molly Shannon as my, like, you know, go-to gal, you know what I mean? Um... But, uh, you know, that's fine. I You know, I bet he wishes that he had a podcast about drag race. So, you know, it, it's all, you know, it's all relative, right? Uh, <clears throat> anyway, I, I won't go into further details, but just to say that those two shows, if you are not watching them, they are so great. What I can say about Work in Progress, if you don't know about that, I may have talked about that on this podcast before. But as we all know, that was decades ago. But it is about this woman named Abby in Chicago who... And this sounds darker than it all ends up being, but who decides that in 180 days, if she does not feel any better, that she's going to kill herself. And then the first season is really kind of charting that 180 days, which she's counting off with almonds. And there's a great story about the almonds that we get in the first episode. Abby is, I mean, the reason to watch, the thing, okay, so the thing to look out for, like, I can tell you, oh, I love this show, and Abby's so funny, and, um... But I think the thing that's going to hook you, like, I think the thing that's really exciting about Work in Progress is how organic the human connections feel in this show. And I believe, and I, any other podcast where I've talked about this, I always say this. And, and then I realize that I'm kind of like 80% sure that this is true that Abby McEnany, who created the show or co created the show and stars in it, Uh, that she's this big, you know, improv person in Chicago. And I believe that's true. So let's just just be consistent. I've been telling everybody I think that's the story. Let's just stick with it. But if that's true, I know that she's in Chicago, so I know that much because that's where the show is set. If that is true, then that is definitely reflected in a lot of scenes in the show that don't feel scripted and just feel like natural banter between friends. And you get way more of it as the season goes on between Abby and her best friend Campbell and oh my God, do I need to do a whole episode on Campbell? Probably a Best Supporting Podcast episode because she is really such a great, one of my favorite supporting characters on television right now. Just really, really fabulous. The The thing to really look out for, among so many other things, in the first episode is when Abby and her friends are all playing like yeah, yeah, salad bowl or Hollywood or whatever you want to call it, you know, some kind of charades game. And it all there's no way this is scripted it and it's the most organic moment like that that i've ever seen on television and it's so fun and i just like and the whole show has that nature where it's like i really just feel like i'm seeing you know real people and real friends interacting and you just you really do fall in love with abby right away and the first season is great the second season they're like in the middle of right now is even better and The second season is starting to incorporate COVID into the narrative, and it's really the only show that I've seen where I'm like, okay, I'm okay with this. I'm fine with this. You guys are doing this right, you know. Like for the most part, I don't need us to like, you know, make sure to include the COVID season in a TV show. I always, I always need to indict the Connors for this one, but. I appreciate, I guess that there's some sense of like accepting reality as appreciating that it, it will even work its way into scripted television shows. So, uh, but it really is the first show that I've seen to work it into the narrative in a way that is, Not pedantic. It's just a lot more show than tell. And also isn't really like pandemic porn either, you know? The one other, and I can't say much about it because I've only seen one episode so far. But if we're going to talk about acting choices, I think we will be talking a lot more, I predict, about Sarah Paulson playing Linda Tripp in Impeachment. I've seen the first episode and I always, I like Sarah Paulson, you know? But I think she's one of those actresses that I always kind of see her. I always see the actress Sarah Paulson before I see the character, you know, and she has great moments. I always feel like anything I've seen her in, like particularly a show, she'll always have one episode where I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, Sarah Paulson. You're great. I mean, it happened in the people versus OJ. She has that Marsha episode. It happens in Mrs. America. She has, I think it's like episode eight where her character kind of becomes the focus and it's great. And she handles them so well. And, uh, on all right, Mary is one of the Patreon episodes we've done. Game change, and and she is particularly great in Game Change. She has this great moment where she finally like has had enough of Sarah Palin, and you know Sarah is comparing herself to Hillary Clinton, and and uh, Sarah Paulson's character on the other end of the line on the phone says, "Right, because you're just like Hillary," and it's maybe Sarah Paulson's best line delivery ever. I don't know. So all that to say that. While I've always kind of liked Sarah Paulson, I am wowed by her as Linda Tripp. It really, this kind of transformation, it is, it's so great. It's so impressive. It is not just hair and makeup. It's, you really kind of appreciate, I think now how much you can't see her in the role, how much work it's taking to play this woman, just in how she's walking and how she's carrying herself. It's great. And, um, I haven't seen much of Edie, Edie Falco as Hillary yet. Speaking of Hillary, we only get like a real brief moment of her, but I am excited to see how that works. I kind of went in skeptical, but even in like the very brief scene we see of her in the first episode, there was a body language where I was like, "Oh wow, Edie, all right, all right, Edie." So uh, I'm excited. It's gonna be great. I'm I'm really into it. Uh, the last thing I want to talk about. And it's probably the reason that I, I got back on the horn here and In the Details is, and if you are a listener of Best Supporting Podcast, then you've already heard me talk about this potentially on the after show, but we need to highlight and celebrate a little video called Brenda Vicaro is having a good time. This came out a few months ago. It was one of those CBS Good Morning, the feel-good news on Sundays, It's which I, I, I love. I, I love. I just appreciate. I just appreciate that every once in a while, it's like, well, you know what? Let's catch up with Brenda Vaccaro. I, who thought of that? Who thought of that? Can I send you, like, a, an edible arrangement? I just am so appreciative. And so... I'm going to definitely link this in the description. I think you just need to watch it if you haven't seen it. But the things to look out for, well, I and I can because I have the ability, I do want to put onto a tote bag the quote, Oh, Mo, we got to touch this. It's a brisk fall day. I've never seen such a collection of beautiful, beautiful trees. Perfect for strolling through Brooklyn's historic Greenwood Cemetery with actress Brenda Vaccaro. Oh, Mo, we gotta touch this. Look at this. Hold on. Oh my God, isn't it magnificent? It's, it's. <laughs> and uh, and then her at the end saying, "I'm having such a good time. This is just water." I haven't Sorry. thought about these things in years. I don't even know how I can go back this far. <sighs> I'm having such a good time. Go ahead. <laughs> I need a drink. No, I don't. I mean, man, it would be fun. It would be kind of, this is water. But anyway, that's it, baby. There's just so much about her that we've talked about before in this podcast. You may remember that uh, she's best well known for her infamous quote from Supergirl. I think I'll be going if you'll excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> But I said, I'm staying, I'm staying. Not to be confused with her other infamous quote, what he was, Sophia, was a good man. What he was, Sophia, was a good man. And now we've got, Mo, we gotta touch this. Oh, Mo, we gotta touch this. The woman's a goddamn meme queen. I didn't see it when it first came out and no one sent it to me and I don't want to point any fingers, but nobody sent it to me. I had to find it all by myself. I had to make my way all by myself. Um, That's my Sandy Dennis. But anyway, the reason I found it is, you know, the way any of us find it, I just put Brenda Vaccaro into the YouTube search bar and... You know, let the good times roll. And this was the first result. And there she is. Oh, you should see the thumbnail. You should see the thumbnail. If you're not going to watch the video, at least look for the thumbnail. Look at Brenda sitting there with her hands folded at the table, looking like she's having a really good time. It's just great. And, I, and that is literally the title of the episode. Brenda Vaccaro is having a good time. It's been a rough couple of years, but we got that, right? So. Anyway, that is just a few things that are making me feel good, that are getting me excited for spooky season. They're getting me back onto this podcast, which, you know, is a fun place to catch up on all these little nuances. So uh, so stay tuned. Uh, the plans coming up is certainly to get into some spooky nuances. I'm also working on this other scripted episode that will come out soon, that maybe even during spooky season. And I know that there are probably people wondering, where is the rest of Cherishing Valerie? And I'm just here to say that, like, Christmas time is a common, sweetheart. So, uh, as the little kid says in the Avisaline commercial on YouTube, don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't worry about it, sweetheart. Have you ever seen those ads? I don't know what the fuck that is, but I, it, it is a rattle in the middle of the night. I wake up at 2.14 in the morning, and I'm just like, don't worry about it, sweetheart. Don't, don't worry about it, sweetheart. Anyway, you're welcome. People is asking me what I got on. They'd be like, hey, Brenda, what you got on? Do? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, hard. Don't worry about it, hard. So uh, I think that's all I got for you. If you have anything you'd like to share, if you have any thoughts on Brenda Vaccaro having a good time, thoughts on Sarah Paulson, thoughts on the other two, on work in progress, particularly work in progress. I am trying to find people who want to clean out on work in progress with me, and I am coming up woefully short and et cetera and so forth. You know where to find me. Just drop me an email in the details pod at gmail.com or get in touch with me on Twitter at Colin Drucker or Instagram at Colin Drucker underscore. And uh, if this is not enough of me, you can still get me every week on the Best Supporting Podcast and the Best Supporting After Show. And you can get me on All Right Mary every week. And you can even get even more of me on All Right Mary if you become a Matreon at patreon.com slash Mary. So, uh, and I'm actually going to start doing YouTube videos again. So if you, if, yeah, if you're a glutton for punishment, girl, you know, oink, oink, here comes the feast. Anyway, uh, I love you all. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. That's it, baby. That's it. Stay!